Streaming with Two Dudes, a podcast about all things streaming. Each episode, we break down some of the best series, songs, movies, and shows. I'm one dude, Parker. I'm the other dude, Jeff. And dudes, this month our theme is baseball films. And this week we talked, we watched a league of their own. Uh, but first, Jeff, what else have you been streaming? So, still don't really have a lot to report. Um, Probably the only thing I can throw out there is, of course, my music taste is like all over the place, which you're, you're, we're similar in that regard as far as mm-hmm. we have taste of music just all over the map. But, uh, absolutely. I've mentioned Taylor Swift, I've mentioned NF, and the Jonas Brothers dropped a new album uh, a number of weeks ago. So I have listened to that, I guess, a couple times through just to okay. check it out. So, uh, you know, I'd read beforehand that, they used a lot of their 70s uh, musicians as inspiration, and you could definitely yeah. feel a strong 70s vibe in a lot of the songs on there. So it's it's, it's a pretty oh, cool. good album. I, I really liked it. It's a little different, um, but which you've, you've probably heard the song Waffle House played like crazy. Um, I haven't. I haven't been listening to a lot of. I haven't listened to a lot of radio yet, like lately. Okay. Um, so I haven't heard anything from that album yet. I don't think. Yeah, well, yeah, strange name, but it's called Waffle House. It's probably it's probably so far their top hit from that album. We need so, to get a Waffle House up here in New York for sure. I, I was I was telling somebody about that. Um, they don't have Waffle Houses. Though, no, man. we do not have a Waffle. I think the closest Waffle House is like Pennsylvania or like Ohio, and it's just wow. a damn tragedy. Do, do um, they have like Huddle House or something? Similar, no, dude, or? nothing. Like the closest thing is like a Denny's or like a Bob Evans, which is uh, just not the same whatsoever. Yeah, it's not the same. Yeah, it's like wanting to go to like Target and getting a Dollar General, but you know, yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, cool. So Jonas Brothers, anything else? You you, uh, you haven't been watching anything else? I have not. I I got close a couple of times. Um. You know, there's been a couple of movies I've been wanting to try to catch, and I just, I just couldn't make it happen. So that's about the best I could do this go around. So how about you? Um, I'm kind of in the same boat, honestly, because I mean, as we talked about um, last episode, I, uh, I did not. I have, I mean, I've been watching um, Game of Thrones, and um, of course, keeping up with like the Vanderpump Rules reunion, um, which is going crazy right now. Um, the third episode will be dropping this week on that, the reunion, which is like the final part or whatever. And then I'm like, I just finished up season three of Game of Thrones. So I'm super into that. And I actually, I actually don't know if you noticed this, Jeff, but I actually messed up last week. And um, I don't know. I mean, I didn't even notice this, honestly, because I've been so busy. But when I set the podcast to be uploaded last week, because we were a little behind schedule, I wound up setting it for this Sunday, and I did not notice it until today that our last episode never released. So you will be getting two episodes today. I actually just <laughs> released it right before we started recording this today. Um, yeah, so the American Graffiti episode is dropping this month, which is it's a little late. It's about a week late. So um, there's that. It's but it's funny definitely you said the ADHD that. coming through in that one. It's, it's funny you, you mentioned that because uh, I think it was just yesterday, and I meant to ask you about it, and I just totally forgot. But uh, I guess I was just thinking about you know the podcast that was coming up this week, and it's like my my mind just drew a blank. I'm like, it's like all right, I know we're doing baseball this month. What did we do last month? And I couldn't <laughs> remember. And I was like, okay, yeah, it was about it's about you know cars, and then. Yeah. I was having a hard time remembering which movies we covered last month. So I pulled up Spotify and I'm like, why are there only two movies posted <laughs> in all of, in all of May? I was like, surely we did more than two. Yeah. And uh and then I was like, 
like, why is there not four? And I was like, well, maybe we did skip one week. We did skip the week I was in New York. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, American Graffiti. And I'm like, why is that one not posted yet? <laughs> yeah, that was my bad. That's my bad. Nobody <laughs> called me out on it. I'm so surprised that we didn't get a couple of messages about it, or at least I didn't. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, that goes to show you, I don't know. I mean, I know we've both been really busy. So, I mean, obviously with what we've been watching and or lack thereof, um, yeah, we're lucky to get these put out anytime soon or anytime in a decent um, time frame. So, yeah, um, my bad. <laughs> All right. We do this uh, on a on a volunteer basis, so that that helps. Right, right. This is this is our hobby. Um, so Jeff, uh, League of Their Own, man, this movie classic. I grew up with this movie. Uh, this is, I could probably have not, you know, I don't know. I probably could have wrote this movie before I even watched it. Um, this time, so like. What can you tell me about A League of Their Own? I'm sure you got plenty of information on it. Oh, yeah, there's there's quite a bit on it. And I went a little bit of a different direction. I'll go into that a little bit later. But, of course, this was directed by Penny Marshall, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, any, you know, old school TV show fanatics, you know, Laverne and Shirley. Yeah, uh, it's kind of what I first remember her from. Great show back from the day. But she was the director, and of course, you know, quite the cast with this one. You had Tom Hanks, Gina Davis, Lori Petty, Madonna, Rosie O'Donnell, John Lovitz, Gary Marshall, Penny's brother. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to mess the name up. Maybe you'll know how to pronounce it. David Strathorn? Strathorn? I don't know. I, I don't actually know that one. Uh, it's one of those where I knew his face. Cause I've seen him in a ton of stuff and I was, when I it was actually surprised to learn that's his name, but uh, it's one of those guys. It's like, oh, that guy. He, he's the one that played, uh, the guy that was kind of in charge of the league. Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, I mean, he's been in a ton of stuff. Uh, so yeah, he's a big name as well. I just didn't know the actual name. Yeah. He's but, very recognizable uh, face. So I'll, I'll kind of go into a little bit of tidbits on some of the cast. Uh, of course, Tom Hanks was the big name. And actually, at one time, I don't know if it still holds true, but he did say this is his favorite of all the films that he's made. Okay, cool. Coming, coming from Tom Hanks, that's a pretty big statement. He's been in a ton of movies and a ton of really good ones. Um, Lori Petty actually had to audition eight times for the role of Kit. <laughs> including once at director Penny Marshall's apartment and have a hard time picturing this movie without her playing kit. It just, right. Man, her spunk, her, just everything about her was just like perfect for that role. I mean, it's, which I don't think she was, I mean, she wasn't really a name at the time. So I, you know, it obviously was a situation where like, man, I bet that role was written for her. No, I mean, she, she sold out to that role and, Yes, uh, it, did. it it played dividends. Um, what was it? Uh, Maura Kelly was actually originally signed on to play the role of Kit, but uh, she actually hurt her ankle while filming The Cutting Edge. So a couple things that went Lori Petty's way to kind of open the door. Uh, as far as the role uh, that Gina Davis played, that's that's another one of those roles where there was just a ton of names tied to it. Um. And actually, Gina Davis actually joined the production extremely late as a replacement for Deborah Winger. Um, oh, wow. Like literally days before filming was due to start, she was a replacement. Um, so she was way behind as far as training, you know, for baseball, because that was really a big sticking point for Penny when she was, you know, choosing the cast is you got to be able to play baseball. Yeah. Um, so she was way behind on that, but then they said she picked it up quick and ended up being one of the better players uh amongst the cast as far as baseball. But uh actually interesting story as far as Deborah Winger. <laughs> uh she supposedly pulled out when she found out that Madonna was signed on the cast. Uh <laughs> she uh did not agree with that at all. Not necessarily that she like, you know, was a an enemy of Madonna. She just uh, she felt like it was uh, basically a cash-in, just something to get attention, and she thought it would hurt the integrity 
of the story that they were trying to tell and bring attention to, you know, this women's league that obviously that the movie was inspired uh, by true story. So she did not agree with that. So she backed out um, and opened the door for Gina Davis again, like Laura Petty. It's hard to picture this movie without Gina Davis. Uh, I think her and Laura Petty uh, just did an amazing job in the roles that they played. Um, yeah, I agree. At one time, Brooke Shields was attached uh, to the lead female role that Gina Davis ended up getting. Uh, actually, I think one of the things that affected her was the writer strike in 1988. Oh, wow. So as far as some other cast, uh, of course, Penny Marshall, she uh, kind of made a family affair. Her daughter, Tracy Rayner, was Betty Spaghetti. Uh, and you, you've you have texted me that phrase a few times. In the, <laughs> 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 any relation to this movie, or is that just something that's just always been a? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's actually like uh, that's just my way of like yeah. It's it, it's it turned from like you know like saying like bet you know like okay like a form of like you know like all right bet, and it just went from bet to bet to Betty spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh uh, yeah, but yeah, hard and dumb. Yeah. Her daughter was cast as Bay Spaghetti. Of course, I mentioned her brother, Gary Marshall. He was Walter Harvey. Uh, he was actually, he was another one that's cast at the last minute because Penny couldn't afford her original choice for the part, which was Mr. Christopher Walken. Oh, wow. Uh, big, big name in Hollywood, obviously. And she also cast her niece, Kathleen Marshall, Gary's daughter, as outfielder Mumbles Brockman. Okay. You know. There's a few perks that come with being a director. You can kind of put right. whoever you want to in there. A little nepotism there. Yeah. Now, Madonna, obviously a huge superstar in the music industry at the time. And, you know, she was, you know, doing a few movies. Uh, but, you know, it's primarily filmed in Evansville, Indiana. That's where the racing games and World Series were filmed. But... Word has it that Madonna was so rude to citizens, hotel and restaurant staff and other locals that her reputation is still tarnished there. Oh, and she has frequently spoke poorly of the city in interviews. <laughs> oh, well, what a weird rivalry. Yeah. <laughs> Madonna versus Evansville. Right. And Rosie O'Donnell, according to Rosie, her part was supposed to be much smaller than what was ultimately filmed. But because she readily understood director Penny Marshall's strong Bronx accent on set when others did not, Marshall would occasionally give her additional scenes to play. So nice. uh, now the movie did quite well. Um, didn't do as well as I thought it did. Worldwide gross of $132 million, um, which a lot of that could just be because of inflation, because this movie is, what, 25 I don't think it is for inflation. I think it. I mean, I think it's because I mean, I don't. I don't think they did just adjust for inflation because I was looking at the numbers too, and I think it was because the budget was like forty million, so it made like three times its budget, which is yeah. I mean, profit wise, it, it did really well. I guess just maybe I don't know. I just and like I said, I think it's just because maybe it, it did happen thirty years ago. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just so used nowadays movies like some Making of the best big movies. Hitting 200, 250, 300 million. And obviously, uh, that just that, that didn't happen back then because, you know, movie tickets were a lot cheaper and whatnot. Um, however, this next fact was a little surprising, uh, but very good for the film. League of Their Own is the most successful baseball film of all time. Really? So, more than actually, more than Field of Dreams and Bull Durham combined. Huh. That shocked me. Um, that is a little shocking. I am a little shocked. That's cool, though. I'm, that's awesome. So oftentimes with movies like this, you know, I mentioned earlier that it was inspired by a true story. Of course, you know, with Hollywood, it could be inspired by a true story. It could be based on a true story. It could be loosely based on a true story. I always like to kind of compare fact with fiction. Yeah. Um, just to kind of see, you know, what parts are actually true, what parts did they kind of just do for the movie. Um, so out of all the characters, Parker, there were actually only two that weren't considered fictional. Any guesses on which two were truly based on real life characters? Um, I think Harvey was actually based on Wrigley, right? Uh, yeah, 
but they used um obviously a different name yeah okay okay um, oh so you're saying like which real which real people were real like characters were actual yeah um uh, i would say is may one of the real people actually may is the top one it, it, it was actually the only one that literally was a copycat of the the real woman really uh, the the <laughs> the riskiness the the personality all of it only difference was is the real woman was fay dancer oh and not may instead of may but the the phrase was all the way fay uh so yeah that one that one was pretty much spot on um awesome heck yeah um and then i would guess the other one is um, maybe Maybe Dottie? Yeah, it was Dottie. Um, although with Dottie, it's a little strange because <laughs> evidently Dottie was a very popular name back in the 30s and 40s because there were multiple players in the women's league named Dottie. Really? And now it said that it's inspired by the career of baseball legend Dottie Collins. Um, however, um, obviously in the movie, it Gina's character, you know, just plays the one year and then she quits to start a family. Um, yeah. whereas Dottie Collins, who, like I said, says that she kind of inspired it. She, she played six seasons. Um, but there are other differences. She, she never played, uh, for the peach. Um, okay. she also was a dominant pitcher, not a catcher. So there are other Dotties that have kind of claimed, you know, hey, I think I'm actually the inspiration. There was a Dottie uh, Kamshek who was the face of the Peaches for 10 years, and she was also a great hitter. Uh, now, she didn't play catcher. She was, I think, played outfield and first base. Um, and then there were a couple of other Dotties that say, you know, hey, I, I, you know, I did, you know, play catcher, and um, I was a good hitter, and so – it kind of sounds like that uh, maybe Dottie Collins was the main inspiration, but, uh, you know, for whatever reason, as far as the storyline in the movie, there were some little differences that kind of resemble maybe some other Dotties or other characters uh, during that time period. But yeah. Now, as far as uh, Kit, there were, uh, it was Helen Handel and her sister Margaret were the first sisters to ever compete in the AAGPBL, that's a long acronym. <laughs> and that did inspire the use of Dottie Kit um, and their characters in the movie as far as being sisters in the league. Okay. Otherwise, all of the characters in the movie were completely fictional. Uh, Tom Hanks's character was loosely inspired by Jimmy Fox and Hack Wilson, okay. uh, baseball greats whose careers were upended by a drinking problem. And actually, Jimmy Fox also did coach uh, the Fort Wayne Daisies, one of the girls' teams, for one season. So a lot of strong similarities there. Uh, you mentioned Harvey, Mr. Harvey, earlier. The, the Chicago owners at the time is the owner that did start the Women's League, but his name was Philip Wrigley, and he obviously wasn't known for chocolate bars, but what was he known for, Parker? Bubble gum. Bubble gum, chewing gum, Wrigley gum. Uh, now, as far as a couple other things, uh, as far as the women having to wear skirts and take etiquette classes, that was actually true. Um, that did indeed happen. <laughs> and while the movie showed the Racine Bells winning the championship uh, in 1943, that did indeed happen, only they did not defeat the Rockford Peaches. They beat the Kenosha Comets. The Peaches were actually in dead last that year, so that was <laughs> a little different. All right, so light men's Major League Baseball, the girls' professional league, was segregated. Uh, the closest a black woman got to joining the league was when 17-year-old Mamie Peanut Johnson went to a tryout in 1951 but was turned away because of her skin color. Johnson was one of at least 12 black women who played in the Negro Leagues and was the first female pitcher. She earned a spot with the Indianapolis Clowns in 1953. If you'll remember in the movie, it you know always caught my attention. I always thought there had to be a purpose for that scene because it kind of emphasized it. But they actually pay tribute uh, to Mamie Peanut Johnson, where 
You see uh, African-American woman throwing the ball back to Dottie and soars it over her head into, I think, Ellen Sue, uh, the pitcher. And yeah. she kind of, you can tell it kind of hurt her hand a little bit by how hard she threw. So that was kind of a tribute to Mamie Peanut Johnson yeah. uh, in the movie. So a, a, a cool little scene there to kind of pay a little bit of tribute. Now, just some stuff about the film in general. Uh, when they were filming the World Series games, stars would actually take turns entertaining the unpaid extras. Uh, Tom Hanks did some puppet shows over the dugout. <laughs> <laughs> Rosie Donald did some stand-up comedy. And as I mentioned, Madonna just for a reason had a bad attitude the whole time. So various actors pretended to be Madonna and sang, <laughs> sang many of her songs after she balked at performing any of her songs for the fans. That's hilarious. That is hilarious. So, although the film portrays the league as initially unpopular and unprofitable until demeaning gimmicks were used to attract male audiences, in reality, the league was extremely popular and profitable from the very start, largely because it played in towns in the upper Midwest that had no way of watching a live baseball game. And eventually it grew into a 10-team, two-division league, and... Pretty much the advent of televised baseball games, obviously with the men returning from war, uh, those two things pretty much led to the demise and the popularity of the league, and eventually it had to shut down. Yeah. Now, speaking of girl power in baseball, this is somewhat unrelated to the movie, but I just found it extremely interesting. At age 17, a girl named Jackie Mitchell signed a contract to play with the Chattanooga Lookouts. Well, her chance to prove herself came on April 2nd, 1931, during an exhibition game against the New York Yankees, when she pitched against, maybe you've heard of them, Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. Sounds familiar. She struck out both of them. What? Okay, get it, girl. <laughs> she struck out Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. She was then pulled from the game, which the Yankees eventually won, um, and unfortunately, Commissioner Baseball canceled the contract, her contract shortly after, claiming the game was too tough for women. Of Thus, course. we'll never well, know that's... the full impact that she could have had on the sport. So, that's so ridiculous. It's too tough for women, yet she just struck out two of the most famous people. Yeah. Ever to play like, the game. <laughs> it wasn't like it was before Ruth and Gehrig, like, became great. They were yeah. already great at that time, so that was, like, a big deal. That's crazy. Uh, that's terrible. I now, hate that for her. My favorite fun fact of this movie, you remember the scene, uh, it was Renee Coleman, where you see like a bruise on, like that took up just pretty much her entire upper leg. Oh, I actually know this one. It's a, it was actually a real bruise that happened from the yes. plane. Yeah. It was. And uh, according to her, it remained there for over a year. <laughs> I believe it. That was gnarly. It was a gnarly bruise. Now, the characters at the Baseball Hall of Fame towards the end of the movie, as you uh, also as, as kind of playing as the credits role, are actually real original players from the league portrayed in the film. Yeah, it's cool. And one of Parker's favorite characters in the movie, John Lovitz, <laughs> he actually had a much more substantial role in the film's initial cut. But during the extensive post-production editing and screening process, the filmmakers used only his meanest comments and most obvious punchlines and felt the audience was roaring with laughter at everything he said. So they decided to focus on just those moments, cut out a bunch of other material, uh, and basically ended up with one of the most popular elements of the final film. Yeah. His character so, yeah. was pretty great. Yeah. I mean, probably some stuff that he couldn't get by with saying in today's movies, but yeah, <laughs> definitely a big asshole, but he was hilarious. It was yeah, funny. Yeah. Of course, the popular line, there's no crying in baseball, was voted as the number 54 movie quote by the American Film Institute out of the 100 best movie quotes. Not surprising there. Now, just a couple more items, and I'm going to throw it over to Parker. Um, the studio actually wanted Jimmy and Dottie's character, which was Tom Hanks and Gina Davis, to get together. There was even going to be a kissing scene at one point. But... Penny Marshall did not want to distract audiences with a love story where the main protagonist cheats on her husband serving overseas. Yeah. So 
though it was cut to retain the likability for Gina's character, Dottie, which great move. Um, you know, it was one of those where I remember, I remember when I watched it for the first time, it, the movie was kind of going along where you thought, all right, are they, is that the direction they're going? Yeah. Because, you know, they started to get friendly. Um, but as the movie progressed, that's all it ever became. They just became friends and they just kind of, you know, kind of solve similarities in each other's life and stuff. So glad they didn't take it beyond that. That would have been, yeah, just, I think taking the movie in a, a bad, yeah, bad angle. So we mentioned the big strawberry bruise earlier. Uh, coaches attempted to use slip and slide to teach the actresses how to slide. <laughs> uh, the first three women with this new experiment got concussions. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, they had to go to different training methods after the slip and slide did not work. But yeah, sliding is no joke though. I mean, that's, uh, uh man, I, I constantly had like strawberries and stuff on my knees now. Yeah. I definitely remember doing that whenever I was playing. I played for a couple of years. I remember that. Definitely. All right. Mr. Parker, that's all I got. There's, um, Obviously, a lot of differences between the movie and, you know, the the, the true facts. But obviously, the, the league obviously is not made up. It did happen. So a, a lot of the stuff in there is true. Um, a couple of the characters are based on real life characters. And um, but yeah, just a really fun movie. And yeah. I'm anxious to hear. I got a feeling you're going to do really good on the recap. But uh, I, I think so. But we'll, we'll see. Hopefully uh, you don't get too cocky. And I just like. Because, I mean, sometimes I feel like I do that because I'm like, oh, I know this movie. And then I totally, like, skip over scenes that I'm, <laughs> where I'm, because I'm well, just you like, know, yeah. You know, down down here, school's already out. So I'm already in, like, teacher mode for the summer break. It's like where I don't care. I'm just going to hand out A's like it's nobody's right. business. But, All right, let's go. Yeah. Uh, so, summer, summer school is in session. Uh, all right. So um, for those of you that are new to the podcast, the way we recap this show is that me, a kid with ADHD, is going to recite the film from memory, uh, doing nothing with no notes. Um, and then Jeff will be give, grading me on a scale of A plus to an F, like I am giving an oral presentation. And sometimes I do okay, sometimes not so much. Um, an A plus would be like, you know, you definitely watch the league of their own it's like you were there in the 40s watching every game and you got to witness this all in person and an f would be like parker i'm pretty sure that you didn't watch a league of their own i'm pretty sure you watched Twenty Thousand leagues under the sea um <laughs> so we're going to start out with this one um it's going to be it's going to start out in 1988 we see an older Dottie, her and her daughter are um, getting ready to go to the unveiling of the um, all those letters that you said earlier, the A, A, G, <laughs> B, L, T, um, exhibit, <laughs> at, the, uh, at the Baseball Hall of Fame. They are getting um, inducted there. Uh, and you know, Dottie, she's there and she starts, you know, going through all the things she starts, you know, remembering things and it sends us back to a flashback to 1940s, early 1940s, um, World War II has started and America has entered it and all of the baseball stars have decided to join the cause and it's pretty much ended the, the baseball season. So um harvey who is in charge of the chicago cubs decides that he doesn't want baseball to end so he decides he comes up with a plan to or well his one of his guys comes up with a plan to start a women's league until the war is over um they send john lovitz out to find a bunch of talent and that's where they come across Dottie and kit they decide that um you know they definitely love Dottie. They want her, but um, you know they don't really. They're not really sure about Kit. But Dottie says the only way that she will go is if Kit goes with her. So they agree, and they both get on the train to head to, um, to head to where were they going? Chicago. Chicago. That's right. I just yeah. I just said yeah. it's for Harvey at the Wrigley Field. Um, 
Now, so, spe- speaking of Dottie, uh, there was a little interesting tidbit I didn't I didn't mention earlier, but Penny Marshall remarked one time that Bruce Willis literally screwed this actress out of the part of playing Dottie. She was um, she was already signed on for the part and everything. Demi Moore. Demi Moore because she got pregnant. Mm. <laughs> Literally screwed it. That's fine. Yep. So anyway, hilarious. Um, so on the way there, they also pick up a couple a couple of other people. They pick up um, I can't think of her name, and I hate to say it, but like they call her like she's basically like the ugly girl of the um the team. She's real quiet, but she's like super great and can hit the ball like crazy. Um, and then uh, they get there and at the tryouts, that's where they meet Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell. They also meet some other people. They find out, you know, um, the tryouts are great. Then um, they all make the team. They all get on the Rockford Peaches. Um, and, you know, that's... Uh, we find out that Tom Hanks, he is going to be um, the manager. He's like this old former baseball star. He's been drunk. He's like this pretty much like a drunk um, at this point um, in his life. He's kind of washed up. And at first he starts to, you know, just like be silly with the team. He doesn't really take it seriously um, because it's women. Uh, but as the team starts to go on, they um he starts to take it a little bit more seriously they're starting to get a little bit more attention as um or well first before they first they you know they realize that the attendance is kind of down so um the, they find this out so Dottie, you know hears this and she just decides to um spice things up so she uh does some splits while catching like this pop fly and that makes the cover of magazines and uh attendance starts to rise everybody's coming the girls are getting more popular and more popular um the teammates are like going on these things they're bonding etc etc uh they're also going to i forgot the etiquette class it's yeah um and then um Let's see. They finally, um, you know, they keep playing. They're doing great. They have the best season, the best record of the league. They find out that they are going to go to the World Series. Um, and then Dottie finds out that her husband has been wounded and he returns home. So she decides to um, quit playing for the World Series. So she goes home. Um, oh, I almost forgot. Kit, Kit. Um, you know she's getting. She got jealous of Dottie, so she. Um, whenever they were getting, when she was getting popular, so she asked to be traded to another team. Um, and this is actually the team that the Rockford Peaches is playing in the World Series. Um, and Dottie decides to leave, so they make it all the way to Game Seven, which Dottie decides to come back for and play, and her and her sister you know, head to head. Um, Kit is, you know, up to bat at the very end of the game and she's on third base and she starts to run, which the third base coach tells her not to. And Dottie has the ball because she's the catcher and she's guarding. Um, she's pretty much ready to take out Kit to end the game and win. Um, but Kit plows over her, knocking the ball out of Dottie's hand and scoring the winning run, causing her team to win the World Series. And, um, you Did know, she drop they, it on purpose. Okay. See, so that's, that's, that's a thing. <laughs> we can get into that in just a second. Let me finish this up and we can get into that because that's actually a controversial topic. But, uh, they win the game, the sisters reconcile. And then we fast forward to present day when the girls are all meeting each other again. And, they start singing their Rockford Peach song, and then we get some photos of the real women of baseball and see, you know, their real life and hear some of their actual things that happened in their life. The end. Job, good job. I'm gonna give you a summer school A. All right, cool, cool. I mean, there's obviously things like the sun that was 
you know, annoying the whole time and oh, yeah. the bus driver <laughs> quitting, um, the scenes where they went to the bar and things like that. Dude, I, um, I forgot about the scene where, uh, they have to tell that, that one lady that her husband died. Oh yeah. Betty. That was Betty spaghetti. And, uh, and, uh, Betty. And, uh, yeah. I mean, I remembered it when the scene played out. Um, but yeah, just going into that, I, I completely forgot like how, how dramatic. Yeah, how tough of a scene that was because you know it's, everything's pretty much so funny, and then like the reality of war and you know what a lot of the women had to go through. Yeah, kind of gut punched you. Yeah, it was it was definitely a, a tough scene. Um, yeah, I I can't even imagine being uh, the wife of someone in war, especially during that time. You know where you're pretty much just waiting for like months to a year to even hear from your husband. So shoof. I can't imagine. Yeah, I mean, obviously I imagine. back then they don't have the, you know, communication. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm saying is like infrastructure you know, you that like we have email now. or a text or even like, I don't even know. FaceTime or <laughs> right. Just check video updates, calls, check updates on what a troop is doing online. <laughs> it's probably yeah. out there. Um, but yeah, so Jeff, what did you think of A League of Their Own? All right, so we're going to do this out of five Harvey chocolate bars. Ooh, good one. That's a good one. And I'm just going to go straight into my score. I'm going to give this one four Harvey chocolate bars. Uh, this is just a really good movie. It's It's been years since I've watched it. Um, you know, baseball is my sport. I mean, it's the sport that it was the first sport I started playing and the one I played the longest I played, you know, up until high school. So I've just always had a, just a major love for the sport of baseball. And just, mm -hmm. so of course, you know, I'm always checking out baseball movies. And uh, when this one came out, it was, I loved it then. Um, and just, you know, rewatching it now, years later, just, it, it's just a really good movie. Just, the the performances are great you know as we mentioned the all-star cast that you know that they just did really well especially tom hanks gina davis Lori petty uh i forgot how just enjoyable madonna was in the movie oh right now obviously she sucked in real life because you know, <laughs> everything you hear about you know she hated the town she wouldn't you know entertain yeah. the extras like everybody else was but as far as her character, I mean, she was just a really fun character. I thought she did really well. Rosie was hilarious. Uh, John Lovett's character, I mean, there was just from top to bottom. It, it was just, it's just a very fun movie. And just knowing that it's based or inspired by a true story, just, and then just seeing how different life was back, you know, in the 30s and 40s uh, compared to, to now, it's just, it's just really cool seeing that, that dynamic. Um, tough to watch, you know, obviously knowing that some of the things they had to go through that, you know, me and you've not had to experience, obviously, but just, just a great movie. And it's one of those that I think, you know, a number of baseball movies, you almost have to be a baseball fan. This one was that, that was not the case whatsoever. Uh, I feel like this, this, this may have helped make some baseball fans, that maybe weren't originally so going into the movie. I think it was that type of movie that, you know, probably made some fans of the sport, but yeah, I don't really have a lot to complain about as far as, you know, this movie, it was just very well done. It's very popular. It's considered a classic for a reason. And uh, yeah, I just, I loved it. You know, I did, it's, it's, it's one I, I would gladly watch again. Um, and somehow I was, I did not realize that, there's a show on Amazon Prime called A League of Their Own. Yeah, I haven't watched it, but I heard it's pretty great, actually. And I actually uh, kind of want to watch it now. Yeah, I'm definitely intrigued by it. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll get around to checking it out. But um, I'd be interested to see how that goes. I also didn't know that they actually made a show, I think, on CBS. Yeah, um, I heard that, too. I, I read about it. I, read the it, same it thing. I think it, it only lasted like two or three episodes, so it, it didn't didn't do well at all. But, but yeah. What about you, Mister P? What what you thinking? How many Harvey bars you giving this one? I'm actually gonna go just a little bit better than you. I'm gonna give this four and a half Harvey bars. Um, yeah, like you said, I I mean, really, there's nothing 
that I can complain about this movie. Um, and I, the only reason I'm not giving it like a perfect five is just because, man, it's just so, I don't know, like, uh, I feel part of me feels like maybe I'm a little bit by, you know, biased with it. Having watched it so many times in my life that I can't really watch it for the first time again and kind of understand like how, because, you know, at this point, I've watched it so many times that it's hard for me to like just stay watching it consistently. So, um, yeah, I, at four and a half for sure. Like, there's nothing that I would change about it. I love the movie. It's it's great. Yeah, it's great. The only thing that I might change would be I wouldn't. I don't see the need to bookend it with the today scenes. You know, that would probably be the only thing I would change. Would just be go straight into the you know, the the original, the story itself and not have to go with the, you know, like, here's Dottie and this is her as an old lady and this is her daughter and now she's going back and remembering everything. Like, I, you know, you don't really need that so much um, with the way they tell stories, you know, especially nowadays, but uh, I don't know. There was really no reason to have that because it doesn't really, she doesn't really... You know, it's not really like a part of the story itself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, great movie, perfect. Wouldn't change anything else about it. The or, the ladies they got to play the older versions of um, Kit and Dottie. Mm-hmm. My gosh, I, they were spot on. They were spot on. Like especially the one for Kit, I was convinced that was Lori Patty, <laughs> an older version. Yeah, I was. That yeah, was her, her her mom, or I'm like, my God, that looks just like her and older. Right. But uh, so yeah, they did great in in that area. This was definitely one of those where I would have loved to have a point two five option. Yeah, because you know I'm like okay a four, and I compared it to a lot of movies I've given a three and a half, and even some other movies I've given a four, and I'm like well it's a lot better than a half a star than a lot of the three and a half star movies I've given. Yeah, and and a little better than the other ones I've given a four. But I'm like, I haven't, I didn't quite enjoy it as much as the few that I've given four and a half. Uh, so I definitely would have fell on a 4.25 if that had been an option. But that's kind of why I had to fall down to a four. But yeah, that's uh, otherwise just a, a really great movie. Yeah, I totally agree. So, Jeff, let me ask you did she drop it? You know, on purpose. Did she drop it on purpose? Should I say? There's a reason this is a good debate because um, obviously, you know, there's conflict between Dottie and Kit. Um, you know, Kit, the younger sister, and kind of always been in Dottie's shadow. And they have that really bad argument. And at that point, you kind of see Dottie wanting to put her relationship with her sister above whatever she accomplishes in baseball, you know, cause she actually, you know, as you might see in the movie knows she asked to be traded, but of course, you know, they're not going to trade their best player. So they got rid of kit, uh, which of course upset kit. And you, you kind of see that moment when kit goes into the, the dugout and she's just really struggling. She's very upset and you, they kind of key in on Dottie kind of looking over there, really feeling for her sister. Yeah. However, <laughs> right after that, uh, you know, she tells the pitcher, hey, this is the way to get her out. Yeah. So she's very intentional on, not to mention she, you know, she got the hit that put them up by one run off yeah. of her sister. So obviously she wasn't trying to throw the game then. Right. Um and it just so happens Kit came up, you know, with the winning run on base and she instructed her pitcher to pitch in a way that would most of the time get Kit out, yeah. um, you know, and, and she knew that. So, you know, from that perspective, it would be easy to say she didn't drop it on purpose because you know she was trying to win the game and, and, and a lot of that would make sense because even though she felt for her sister, I'm sure she knows that by letting her win, that only would make things worse. Yeah. 
especially yep. if if Kit suspected that that's what she did, then that would even be far more damaging than her just losing the game fair and square. So I could definitely side with, you know, where she didn't do it on purpose. But on the other hand, her losing in that way didn't make it suspicious that yeah. she did it on purpose. So she kind of maybe compromised and was like, hey, this gives Kit her shining moment. But it would look believable. So it wouldn't be suspected that I did it on purpose. So <laughs> I can see it that way too. So yeah. what are your thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, I think just for basically just, I mean, just from the way I perceive the characters, I don't think that she did. I think that even though, she, like, I think that she respects her sister enough in that point at that point, And I think that she cares enough about baseball at the same time that for her to have dropped, it would be completely out of character for her. Um, I think I can definitely see how people would think that she would drop it, but um, on purpose. But yeah, I think that I think that she respected her sister enough to actually compete with her at that time, you know. Um, and I think that was part of the whole story because I think I think that was part of Dottie's arc herself was to be able to see Kit for a good player and respect her for that. You know what I'm saying? Whereas if she would have dropped it on if she would have dropped it on purpose, she still would have never have had the respect, you know, that, that Kit was trying to get the whole film. And you know what I'm saying? Like it would, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like if, if she would have dropped it on purpose, it would take a lot of the heart away from the film. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I think that, I think that they were actually, like you said, like she was trying to get her out. She was trying to win. Um, I don't think that she would have came back for game seven just to make it just to sabotage the game. Um, especially like to draw it down to that very last, you know, scene, you know. Um, so I think, yeah, I think she was actually trying to get her out. And I think Kit just finally earned her uh sister's respect. Yeah. Now I do think Penny intentionally set it up the way she did to create doubt and to create that debate. Mm -hmm. uh, otherwise, why did, do you emphasize the scene where Dottie's looking at Kit in the dugout, basically having a breakdown um, and, and you kind of sense that compassion there or that empathy. So I think that's what set everything up um, to, to have that debate. But again, she goes right back out, gets a hit off of Kit. And and knowing she did that, there's no guarantee she's even going to have an opportunity to throw it in the bottom of that inning. So that's why I'm thinking, you know, chances are she she did not. And you made a lot of good points as well that it was it was likely not intentional. Um, but you know, I, I like to think so. Kudos to Kit for laying her out and <laughs> doing what it takes to win the game, <laughs> but, uh, and finally hitting that high fastball. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, Jeff, who is your dude or dud of the week this week? All right. So, I did this recently, and I'm going to do it again just because we don't, you know, we have rules, but we are, we're allowed to break them. Yeah. But I'm going to do a dude-dud combo. Okay. And it's going to be Mr. John Lovitz, his character. <laughs> okay. It was, you know, we, we've we've talked about certain characters in movies before where they make the most of it. Um, I, I think of uh, Philip Seymour in Tornado or Twister. Yeah. Um, and this kind of reminded me of that where, you know, he didn't have a lot of screen time, but man, he made the most of it. And yeah. dude was just brutal. I mean, just some of the jokes and just comments he makes. You're like, and it's one of right. those where you do have to watch it multiple times to literally catch everything he drops mm -hmm. as far as just little comments here and there. And it's, you know, like they're going onto the field and he tells them, Hey, don't eat the grass. I mean, there's <laughs> yeah. just so many little things that I, I completely forgot that he said some of that stuff. So he did great. Uh, but he's a dud just because he's an absolute jerk to these ladies, uh, <laughs> chauvinistic to the extreme. Uh, just no respect for him. Um, but he was freaking hilarious. He, he did great. I, he definitely got a lot of bang for his buck. <laughs> All uh, right. Love it. What about it. you? What about John you? Lovitz. <laughs> um, 
love it. I love it. I um, I am going to go with a dude of the week, and I actually don't know the character's name. But if you can remember the scene right after the tryouts when they have announced, um, they put up the list for who has made the teams and who got cut. Mm-hmm. And there's the one girl who can't read and she's up there and she looks like a deer in headlights and she's terrified. And that one one woman who recognized the fact that that girl couldn't read and she got up to help her, that is my dude of the week. Mm-hmm. That woman was, I don't know, that scene always pulls at my heartstrings. And I don't know. I don't know what it is about that scene, but just like the ability for like one human to like have noticed that to see something else in another human being and help them in that moment. I don't know. It's a really beautiful thing. And she is my dude of the week for sure. Nice. Nice pig. Yeah, that was a cool little scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. so you got any uh, any off the wall or slightly related questions for me this week? Okay. I've, I've I've been kind of staying with topic here lately, but this one's just it's going to be kind of go back to my random off-topic type things. Okay, but uh, it's it's kind of one I heard recently. All right, so Parker, yes, if you had to eat at the same restaurant for the rest of your life, no other restaurants allowed. Okay, where are you where are you eating? Oh. Oh, that's it. That's. And I thought maybe we have to put a, like a rule in place because that could highly impact um, with no negative health implications. (laughs) Okay. So no negative health implications. That definitely does make it a little bit easier. Um, Because I mean, I'm going to have to go. Or, or. Or no major health implications. I'll put okay, so like, like, am I paying for this food as well, or is this just like whatever I pick, I get to eat, like no cost, no worries. Like, I just have to order from the menu, and price is not an option, or like what? I uh, will say you have to pay for it, but okay. you can afford it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um. Man, I. See, like, I, I'm going to have to go somewhere, like, this kind of got a little bit of everything so I don't get bored. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to go somewhere, like, oh, man, I don't even, I don't even know. That's such a, that's such a crazy question. Um, I'll go ahead and give yeah, you mine. Let's, let's hear yours first while I ponder this one, because you really okay. hit me with a hard one here. Yeah, I apologize. I, I, didn't, I, I thought maybe this, this, you know, because sometimes I'll give you like a heads up, you know, so you can ponder before the podcast. But I thought this might be one that, that you know, you, you might could spit out one right off the bat um, to make it a little bit more authentic. But I guess for me, and maybe y'all have these up in New York. I don't know. Maybe you don't. Uh, Bojangles. Okay. I don't, so, know. I don't know if we have Bojangles here. We have Popeyes, but I'm not sure if we have Bojangles. Okay. See, like for me, it's to me, it's just a very solid, like for one, based on the way the this question was presented, I, I would kind of lean fast food, not because it's the best food, yeah, but because I know there's a drive through option. And if I have to eat at a restaurant every single day, I don't want to be forced to have to go to a sit down place and uh, obviously, you know, some of your sit down options, you'll have a, a better variety, better quality and that kind of stuff. So I get all that yeah. but to me. I mean, Bojang, I, I love their chicken, first of all. Um, but I so mean, you're going to be eating chicken for the rest of your life. I mean, that, that least, is at least once a day. Yeah. I mean, that's somewhat of a downfall, maybe. Uh, although I freaking love fried chicken, but you Great can point. mix it up a little bit, though, because that's see to me with Bojangles, they serve breakfast all day. Uh, so th- that's a plus, and they're one of the few fast food places that actually has a variety of sides, and yeah. their sides are actually pretty good. If if I must say, I mean, I, I love the Cajun pintos, I love the dirty rice, the fries, the green bean, the mac. I mean, all their sides are really good, which is why a lot of times if I do fast food, I end up kind of favoring Bojangles because sometimes I I don't want fries all the time. Yeah. Um, especially you start getting my age, you kind of like a little bit extra fiber to, doesn't hurt. Uh, uh, no health, no health, no health implications. You already said that. 
I said I, I changed it to no major health implications. Because <laughs> um, if, if I said that, then nobody wouldn't be picking fast food and be like, well, I guess I better pick this because, you know, I get a veggie plate a lot too. But um, so yeah, for me, it's Bojangles just because okay. uh, just options, variety, you know, you got the, the drive through. Uh, so to me, it checks off a lot of boxes uh, as far as having to eat at the same place. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to, I thought about it and I'm going to go with Texas Roadhouse. Okay. Slash Logan's. Um, cause they're technically the same restaurant, but I'm going to have to go with that because those rolls, my gosh, yeah, the rolls are great. Uh, you can have a steak, you can have a burger or you can just, you know, eat kind of, they have like a wide variety of menu. Like you can get burgers, steaks, chicken, salads. Uh, appetizers. I got fries, mashed potatoes. Oh, they have fries. Yeah, they have fries, mashed potatoes, all kinds of stuff. So, um, yeah, Texas Roadhouse. That'd be mine. Not a bad choice. Yeah. You don't always Not have a... to eat. You don't always have to eat in. You can always, um, even though they don't have a drive-through, I can place a call in order and go and pick that shit up and be That's back true. home and eat steak in front of my TV watching Game of Thrones. That is a good point. I, I did not consider that. That. That's probably one of the perks, if not the only perk, of COVID. Yeah, so <laughs> like, much more. All, or not, all or, your options. I mean, all your restaurants yeah. now have takeout, uh, DoorDash, DoorDash. Uber Eats, I mean, yes. all of them. So it's like, like you said, it don't matter where you go now. I mean, you don't have to sit down and eat. But uh, yeah, my my daughter in law, man, she loves Texas Roadhouse, and I like Texas Roadhouse. But I guess like where I live. It's, it's in a section where there's just a ton of restaurants around. Yeah. And and my wife and I both prefer Longhorn. I don't know if y'all have Longhorns up there. Uh, it's a Longhorn Steakhouse. Maybe it's um, Longhorns. It's the same. It's the same as Texas Roadhouse. Logan, maybe it is Logan's. I don't know. Logan's or Logan's Texas Roadhouse, or maybe it is. I don't know. Or, I think it's I, Logan's and Roadhouse. It's probably the same. But yeah, I think... Okay. Uh, Texas Longhorn's a little different, but uh, or oh, different okay, company, gotcha. but I don't know. We we just we like their steaks a little better. Um, just overall, we we like their food a little better, although except for the rolls or the bread. But <laughs> gotcha. I definitely give the edge to uh, Roadhouse on that one. All right, well, Jeff, you um, what next week is your pick? What movie have you picked for us to watch next week? All right, I am doing. A podcast first for us okay um i don't think it breaks the rule because technically we say streaming everything so and maybe we've done one of these before i don't think we have but i'm actually picking a documentary okay that works um, for kind of a three birds with one stone type deal one is about baseball all right uh two uh you may remember, not remember, but my birthday is on Juneteenth. Oh, yeah. So, uh, but there's a documentary called Long Time Coming. And gosh, dang it. Let me double check. I think it's Peacock. Okay. So it's not the it's not the cheap trick song, right? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Um, there it is. Yeah, it is Peacock. Okay, uh, which we do have. So, uh, so yeah, it obviously deals with uh, racial segregation in the South. Mm -hmm. uh, it's about baseball. So I figured that you know, Juneteenth, my birthday, and kind of what that signifies. I just felt like, and plus, it's the first time we've done a documentary, so I felt like love uh, that. Yeah, I love documentaries. So this be great. I'm excited. There were a couple other ones I really wanted to do as well, but when I came across that one, I was like, yeah, I think that's going to have to be the one. Awesome. I, I love that, dude. That's great. Again, long time coming, a 1955 baseball story on All right. Peacock. All right. All right. Well, if you want to watch that with us, and I hope that you do, because it sounds like it's going to be great, um, please do this on like like Jeff says on Peacock. It's a long time coming. A 1955 baseball story. 2018 documentary on Peacock. Um, Jeff, you got anything else before we get out of here tonight? 
Not much, just the same, man. It's summertime. Y'all people get out there, travel, be adventurous, go see the world, or just heck, see your own city. There's a lot of things you probably don't realize is in your own town. Go yes. check it out. Go live life. Make memories. Don't collect things because they're not going with you. Whatever happens next. What All about right. you? Uh, yeah. Um, same thing. Uh, yeah. Also, just- always get magic shell for your ice cream. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't yes, had magic always, shell. You haven't lived. Um, no, man. I think you got it covered, bro. Um, yeah. Just hope everybody is enjoying their summer. Um, yeah. Hope you're staying safe out there. Uh, getting ready to, you know. Yeah. Getting ready to go and get the beach, hit the pools, hit the you know the parks, all the fun stuff. I hope everybody is having a blast, and hope everybody is staying safe while they're doing it. All right, Jeff, you got anything else? That's it for me. All right. Well, everybody, thank you so much, Jeff. Thank you so much for doing this with me every week, and thank everybody for listening. Um, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe if you have not done so. Um, that really does help these two dudes out and helps us get discovered on the charts. If you have, um, if you would like to help us monetarily, you can do so by going to our Patreon, uh, you know, and helping out there. Um, links to that and um, our groups are also in the show notes to our Instagram and Facebook, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, socials, all that fun stuff down there. Um, yeah. Thanks again. And remember, anything worth doing is worth doing right. Chicka chicka whip. Peace out. <laughs> oh, man. That one, I, I had to find one because I was like, there's no way I can do like, there's no crying in baseball. Like that one's too obvious, right? Oh, yeah. I had to find a different one. I had to. So I went with the, the nut scratching scene instead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I forgot about that. I, I... Yeah, now it makes perfect sense why you said that.